Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we are with a man who is a dear friend and a fellow relationship coach, Mr. Tony Veer from the Relationship Mastery Institute. And he's going to talk to us all about relationships, but particularly about his new book that just came out. It's called Qualifying Men, Your Secret Formula to Choosing the Right Man and Keeping Him. How are you doing, Tony? Beautiful. Happy to be here and uh, love looking at your shiny face. You're yeah, not it's as very, cute as... It's, it's the light. I can't get my light right. I have like this golden shiny face on video now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've had like had all these Zoom lessons on yes. how I'm supposed to... I'm lit up like a like a Christmas ornament. You know, I just can't, I can't get it right. But that's all right. It's better than having a, a shadowed dark face. So, yes. Tony. Rich. Even though I know the answer to this, I'm going to ask you anyway, because our audience needs to get to know you. Yes. You're a relationship coach. You've been doing this for quite a while. You know, you've been through the ups and the downs. Yes. How did your heart lead you to do this work? Well, if anybody ever saw Bruce Almighty, the movie, mm -hmm. where Morgan Freeman plays God and keeps trying to tell Jim Carrey that he needs to take over and do God's work for him and Jim wouldn't listen, that was most of my life. Spirit was telling me I'm supposed to be knowing relationships. I got my first relationship five years old. Oh my God. I had four coaches between the ages of eight and 23. And I didn't get it until 2006 that I, no, excuse me, 2009. I was a coach for three years when I finally got, oh, maybe I should be a relation coach. Dog on it. I was slow to get the message. But now that I got it, I'm lit up. How I got my mission statement is I was in a personal development class. It was called the Team Management and Leadership Program. And we were doing projects in, in the course, so learning how to use those skills to, to, to do projects in our personal life. And so the classroom leader asked this question. He, he declines that he, he, he I'm not declines, he refuses to admit that he actually came up with this question, but here's the question he asked. What was the sacred oath you made with yourself before you was born? And what are you doing about it? As soon as he asked that question, I knew what it was and I started to cry because I knew I wasn't doing anything about it. And to make a long story short, what I've discovered was my life purpose, the sacred oath I made was to have love present on this planet. And so I've been doing that ever since in every way I knew how to do it. And so that's one of the reasons why this book is out and other things that I'm doing, the Relationship Master Institute, I'm never going to stop doing that. Okay. I got it. I got it. So what I'm hearing you say is you had this, you actually had several pivotal moments, but you had this pivotal moment with this trainer forward slash coach. And he asked you this question and you, you got it, that your purpose is to make love present. Right. So can like I... It felt like a bicycle, you know, finally get balanced. Uh -huh. that's, what, that's what it felt like. I couldn't, I can't undo it anymore. Go ahead, what you gonna ask me? Oh, I was gonna play devil's advocate because that's my favorite role in life. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, we could argue that love is always present. You know, what's different about, how does your mission relate to, how does your mission make love more present is probably really what we're talking about. Beautiful question. I didn't really know the answer to that question until January of this year. Oh, well, thank God. Thank God we waited <laughs> to do this podcast interview. 
So I was talking to a good friend of mine named David, and he was asking me about like my mission statement, branding messages around the Relationship Mastery Institute. And so he asked me, what is, what do you mean by making relationships be as simple as driving, which is one of our mission statements. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I meant. And what I explained to him was the different ways I experienced complete total love. And I talked about incident I had with my mom, with my dad, with my high school sweetheart, and even just in the spiritual moment in the middle of Harlem. And he, when he finished, when I finished, he's like, wow, you know, I never felt any of those. I never experienced any of those. And when he said that, this idea popped off in my head. Oh, now I know why almost nobody believes in relationships because they never experienced real love. Mm. They've experienced frustration, hope, but not real love. Because what I've realized is people who really understand love, they don't even need to be taught how to make a relationship work because they love their partners so much. They won't be able to stop loving them, stop making the relationship better stop upgrading it because they just love this person too much to let them go the same way you would take care of your child and so that's why i'm like wow so that's what that meant when i got that message in 2007. (laughs) i'm feeling that i'm feeling that so you know so you're talking about so many thoughts going through my head uh first i'm thinking well i spend most of my time working with people when they they're not sure if they have love anymore so you're probably the guy i need to turn them over to once they've gotten their communication back in alignment. So, I mean, I do a lot of work with couples who are like, oh, I don't know. Right. All we, we, all we do is fight all the time. And so I help them stop fighting all the time so they can communicate. But mm-hmm. that, that is not the same as getting back in touch with love. That just means that you're done fighting, you know? Right. And, and at the end of any war, there needs to be reparations. And you can't do that in a relationship anyway without there being love. Right. One of the things that I learned in the world of understanding how to li- how to have love present is I got received a statement. I'm I'm a spiritual channeler. I don't I don't I'm only starting to start to admit that nowadays. But I've been receiving messages from spirit like almost my whole life, especially since 2010-11. And one of the messages I got from spirit in one of those epiphany moments is love is for giving, not for getting. Mm-hmm. And what it really nice. means is that, yeah, what that means is that when you love somebody, you're looking for what you can get back from them. You're too busy trying to love them and happy that they accept your love. That's the best love you can get is that they accepted your love. And, and so when somebody loves somebody enough, they don't care what they do back for them. Just let me love you. Thank you for letting me love you. That's it. So how does that relate to qualifying men, your secret formula to choosing the right man and keeping him? Perfect question. So we have to understand who we are before we could actually understand anyone else, recognize anybody else and truly love anybody else. Because if we don't know who we are, how are we gonna love ourselves? And if we don't love ourselves, how are we gonna love anybody else? So what I've discovered over the years is that there's two different types of relationships. There's two people who know who they are and they don't, they don't depend on each other to make each other happy. They share their happiness with each other and they can recognize and see each other. Mm-hmm. I know I had one client, they used to say, both snored a lot. So rather than make each other wrong for snoring, they laughed at each other and they'd be like, last one to sleep was in trouble. <laughs> so 
they um, understood each other. And so they accepted each other's foibles, dis you know, dysfunctions and stuff like that. And so they, it was more important to, to love each other and to build on the love. The other type of couple, people who don't know who they are. And so they depend on the other person to make them happy. And that's how come they don't get happy because they don't know themselves. So they don't even know what they need to get to be happy. And the other person messes up and what's wrong with you. And next thing you know, it's a make wrong cycle. And people who know who they are, they can see that you don't know who you are. And so they're never going to hook up with you. So there's never the same relationship, at least not for more than a couple of months. And so how is this incorporated into the book? Uh, one, I have to let women be able to see who men really are. I give them some tips on how to see who men really are. Because men, we have this amazing ability to be invisible right in front of you. Just sit there with a poker face, you can't figure us out. We're like, we got like camouflage on. It's just that you can't tell we got camouflage, right? So I give, I'm going to give one tip here on the call. One tip is to ask men for their opinion because men don't have opinions. We just fix things. We just know what to do. So if you ask us a question, as long as it's not putting us on a hot spot to do it, you ask a question about your topic, but like something that happened in the news, so it's, so it's objective, or you ask it for advice, even though you're not saying, you know, can you give me some advice? A man will give you his advice because he will tell you what he would do in that situation. So we're constantly telling on ourselves, even though we don't know it, because we're telling you what we would do. And because that's who we are. And so if a woman understands how to do this enough, she will discover that's one of the ways she'll be able to tell whether a man uh, is worthy or not of her. Because she needs to know herself first. So let, do you mind if we, we kind of check this out a little? Sure. All right. So you're a woman and you're qualifying a man and you're going to, you ask them for their opinion. What's the right answer and what's the wrong answer? For the man? For the woman. To, the, the, for the man to give the woman. Oh, so it depends on the question. Why don't you ask me a question? I'll be the guy for a minute. <laughs> what do you think of this dress, honey? Oh, see, now that's a hot spot question. Not a good question. <laughs> but the, I but couldn't the, resist. I understand. <laughs> I don't blame you. But the smart man would say, oh, that dress is wonderful, especially the way it makes your waist look. Because when a man gives a compliment, he can't give a general compliment. He's got to give a very specific detail to the compliment, and then she'll realize that he's really paying attention. The oh, most so the right answer, if, if you're the woman, is that dress really is making you look good. Yes, and... With, with a detail. Right. Because right. otherwise it smells like bologna. Right. I most people sure. don't like bologna anymore is what I've noticed. <laughs> you know, bologna now, used to be a very favorable cold cut, but you don't I know. see it around I, much anymore. I remember. <laughs> We're in the same page, though. Yeah. So, All right. And so, so what would the wrong answer be? Well, here's the question that I would, uh, a typical question I would have a woman ask a man is, so what do you think about Kanye West and how he gets along with his wife? Mm, especially now that he's a born-again Christian. So whatever he would, chances are whatever guy would say, he'd be like, well, my, my, I'm thinking I would be acting like he would, or... He'd be like, oh, yeah, he's doing okay. Or whatever he would say, he's really saying who he is and what he would be doing, even though he doesn't know that's what he's doing. Because we only think about productivity, action, results. And so if, so if a woman's asking us for how men usually hear it is, 
they're asking for advice. So we're going to give you the advice that we think is going to work for you because it works for us. So what's the advice? For example, like what, what's that sounds like the advice is not the right answer. Yeah, it, it's it's not, but he's probably going to give that. He's probably going to say something like, well, you know, Conway used to be really, really a great musician. But now that he started putting out that Christian rap, I don't I don't think we should really listen to him anymore. Right. And so what he's saying is he's not into religion anymore. He's not into religion. So he liked it. It might be that his rap just doesn't have any mojo, you know, it could be that, too. But he's giving you his opinion about Kanye, but not really his opinion. If he gave that answer, that's an "Eh." for a Christian woman. Absolutely. (laughs) all right so what's the right answer um well telling the truth on himself when he's giving his advice about or his his statement about about kanye what do you mean well he might say if it was me what i would say if somebody asked me that is well i don't really pay attention to conway because he's such a um narcissistic you know, psychopath or something that i don't listen to him i want to talk to people who are authentic who are straight and like blah 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 that's what I would say if somebody asked me that, if my woman asked me that about him, which would be telling them, hold on, her, even though I'm not trying to, I'm not doing it on purpose, I'm just saying the first thing caught me off my mind. But what would happen is I would be telling her that I don't want to be around no narcissist and I'm not narcissistic. And I can see narcissistic people and I ain't messing with them. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So, as a woman, when you pose a question to a man, you really want to be listening where they're coming from. Right. Not so much what they say, but why they said it and where it came from. Right. I got it. So that's how you, that's one of the ways that you qualify. One of the ways. And how do you it, keep them? Well, I have this um, aspect of the book is called the Enchantress Formula Toolbox. The Enchantress Formula Toolbox is a combination of the six things that men need from a woman, even though men don't know it, but they need these six things. They can't even tell you it. And then the five things that women bring to relationships that men love that relationships. I'm not going to say what those details are because you need to buy the book to find out. But what I do is I have them understand how to combine what they bring with what men want in combinations of one, two, three, or four, you don't need to do more than three at it's all together, but you want to, you want to be able to do that. So to give you an court is I was working with a caterer, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And he, we did a speech together at the New York, um, what's that uh, place on uh, 34th street on the West side, you know, the place I'm talking about, uh, uh, Jacob Javis center. Yes. Yes. So we did a talk. I wasn't, I wouldn't have known that by the way. So thank you for coming up with it. Okay. Great. The Jacob Javis Center is huge. It's like 10 by 15 blocks long or something. It's huge. It is a monster. Yes. Yeah. We did a speech there on pricing for caterers and food service experts. And so the pricing is it's four different price structures or levels are commodity pricing, product pricing, service pricing, and experience experience pricing is luxury, like Rolls Royce or Tavern on the Green, right? And in my book, because I learned that, I applied that to qualifying men and how to- Oh, how nice. To men. And so I teach women not how to be commodity. Women who are just walking around looking pretty 
expecting men to just fall over them. It's just being a commodity. You can get, there's lots of women that's got that. But yeah. now women know how to treat men the way men want to be treated. She knows how to create herself as an experience, which is addictive. And so now she's way beyond, she'll be the experience to him, even when she's like got wrinkled eyes and she's 85 years old, she'll still be experienced to him because he'll remember all the times she treated him so nobody ever could. And so that's how you keep them. And there's one other thing in the book. After you learn how to qualify men, because I got more qualification structures. Another one is the top 10 indicators that a man is not mature. So I got 10 things on the list of maturity level. And if a man is missing even one, he ain't mature yet, not fully. I got so, you. Say it again. I said, I got you. Yeah. And so at the end of the, the, the second to the last chapter is, even though you learn all of these things and you know how to do them, you've even mastered them. You do any of these things in this chapter, any of these one, one of these 10 things in this chapter, you're going to kill everything you just learned. You'll kill the relationship. So I'll give you one of them. Like children. Ain't a man on the planet going to put up with that. Not even a Mr. Nice guy. He'll put up with it longer, but not forever. You checked out for a second there. What is it? What, what about children? Treating men like children. Treating men like children. Got it. Yeah. All right. I'll give you a second one. No, that, that's, that's a good one. I know. I got another one, which is get into it and then start qualifying Repeat that, please. Get into a relationship first and then qualify. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So any of those things you, the woman does, and she does them after all of this enchantress formula qualification, all of this stuff, she does any one, just one of those things, he's gone. I think that men invite that second piece. And I think they do it because they're always looking to, you know, be intimate super fast before there's really an understanding. And it, when that happens, that's when you start qualifying after the fact. Yes. And well, not that women don't do that also, but men are men are always accused of taking the lead on that. So, I, I mean, I know as a man, I was certainly I was before I became married, certainly guilty of that. Mm. Yes. No, you're right, because men don't know how to qualify women either, but they don't even no, know. No, you just have, you, does it look good? Yeah. Does it smell good? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's talk, baby. Yes, that this that's the first set of qualifications. Right. And does it feel good? And actually, I can't tell you how many couples I've worked with where the premarital, where the problem is that that's what the man's focused on. The woman's on a totally different planet. Right. All the she's dog like, dog. yeah, look good, feel good. That's all important, but that's not what's all important. Right. Oh, I like the way I did that. That's all important, but that's not what's all important. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> you can have that too. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll capture from you later. Quick question. Yes. Tony, you obviously are a master of relationships, which must be why you started the Relationship Mastery Institute. How can people find you? They can find me a couple of ways. They can find me on www.relationshipmasteryinstitute.com. Mm -hmm. You got the the just relation mastery institute. You can find relationship mastery institute.com. Yeah, right. You could find me on Facebook, either Tony Veer, my personal page, or you could find me in the relationship mastery institute fan page, Facebook fan page. 
How many, so right fans now, you, how many fans do you have? Right now, I got uh, 14,600. It's growing. We only had to page for a year. But I'm, I'm, my goal is to get at least 100,000 fans. Nice. Nice. So people are listening. When right. Tony talks, people listen. Tony, awesome. the, the, the book. How can people find the book? More important than finding uh, you. Got it. So may I uh, do a screen share? Oh, please. Okay. Let's just make sure that you can. I don't know if I have it. You may now do a screen share. Okay, great. I am going just to just remember do... this is a podcast and a video blog. So some the people on the podcast won't see the screen share. So I'll read it off to them or something. Okay. Um, the people on the video blog will see everything. Okay. So people on the video blog can see my dog sleeping in the back corner. So give me a couple of seconds. It's moving a little slow, but um, I believe here we go. We're moving slowly. <laughs> okay, no, this is not it. What the heck? Okay, sorry, man. There it is. Investors Business Daily, no. Yeah, no, that is definitely not it. Um, let me uh, take a couple of seconds to see uh, where the heck this thing is at. And... Um, well, while you're doing that, I will tell people that I have found your book on Amazon.com and we invite you to look on Amazon.com for Qualifying Men by Tony Veer. It comes right up uh, and it's reasonably priced and clearly loaded with great content. And Tony, okay. if you've read the book, Tony's going to invite you to give him good reviews. <laughs> so right. It's very important to tell people that it's, we're looking for the good reviews. Yes. Um, you got a bad found... review, save it. <laughs> Call Tony with the bad review. Yeah. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My uh, page is moving a little slow. I wasn't ready for, for that. Um, uh, an image of it I'll be able to share with you as soon as it uh, pops up on the screen properly. Oh, I think we got it now. Okay. Let's try it again. And I love this idea of qualifying men. I love what Tony's been talking about. He's been talking about that you need to take into account that men have a certain way of communicating that is different than women when you're qualifying them. And I love that he, you, Tony, you're giving people the tools to help qualify them, even though men are speaking another language. And here yes. it is for you on the video blog. Here's a picture of the cover. And the ebook is $3.99. What a deal. And the paperback is $16.99. Let's, yeah, let's get out and buy it now. Yes. Tony, the question that I ask everybody when we come near the end, which is where we are, mm -hmm. I should like to sing the Mickey Mouse song. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Maybe I should do that like I said, I can't really sing. M I C K E Y. Yeah, yeah, you remember. But that's not, that's the question is not why. The question, it's because we know we like you. The question is, what's the legacy you want to leave behind? Mm. Well, one, to have love present on the planet. Two, to leave humanity as a whole better than I found it. I, I just, like, I want to leave, I want to create information that will have people remember it for centuries. Even though I won't be around, they'll benefit from it for all that time. Because 
there's a statement. I got lots of quotes that I could remember, but this other is calling me right this second, which is, you can count how many seeds are in an apple, but you cannot count how many apples are in a seed. Yeah, I love that. And for me, every human being on this planet right now is a apple seed. And if I could support them, all the apples that come from them is going to think that I'm talking about everything that you're offering in their life already before they get started. It's like somebody being born around the time of Julius Caesar, and then they get transported to get on an airplane or drive a car, or you find out about air conditioning, <laughs> which was not possible then. So that's what I'm, that's the legacy I want to leave. I want to have everybody be as loving and loved and loving themselves and their life as is humanly possible. Another way of saying it would be um, answering the response to Dionne Warwick's song, World Needs Now. You remember that song? Yes. Yes, I want to leave that song. I want to answer her song with, yes, now we got it. Uh, I'm more a what's love got to do with it kind of guy, but which, okay. is, which isn't Dionne Warwick, but no, <laughs> everything. Love has everything to do with it. That's All right. Right. There you go. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. It's a, always a pleasure to, to speak with you and a special pleasure to have you on the show today. Yes. Awesome. Thank you.